0: Good morning, and peace be with you. We have uh, uh, the wonderful privilege to have uh, Nick back with us today. Thank you, Nick, for coming and playing for us. And uh, hi, Mike. <laughs> Good to see you. Um, and. Uh, I want to direct your attention to the last song. Um, It's a song that we have heard before on YouTube. Uh, Fernando Ortega is who has played it before. And we wanted to be able to sing it. And your pastor didn't do a very good job of researching for the music to it and that would be an accompaniment. And what's out there is that uh, there's music for a pianist and, and a soloist. And so you would need a soloist to help lead the song. I'm not, yeah, I saw that, Greg. <laughs> and uh, he's pointing at me. And, and I won't do that to you. Um, but uh, what we're going to do is we're going to work in the future for music that is um, uh, maybe uh, w- more well-known, maybe even uh, contemporary. And we've asked um, for people to submit uh, favorites, you know, either from the Green Book or, or something, and and to date we haven't heard anything. So um, I'm going to be praying during the music today that the Lord puts it on your heart uh, to let Ashley know of a hymn that you really like to sing to and or a song uh, that you'd like to hear uh, and, and participate in and in Uh, our service here. So that is about it on that. I know Ed has some uh, announcements for us, and take it away, Ed.
1: Happy Sunday. Good morning. Uh, I do have messages. A lot of them are on here, but a lot of times people forget them or forget it after they read it. So I'm, I'm the reminder, I guess, on some of these that are in here. Uh, missions this month is for the Robin's Nest. And I almost forgot this month, but I finally got my envelope so I can put my do- donation in for Robin's Nest. It's for the uh, young people that are homeless, their students in Huntington Beach and, and Newport Beach. So you can feel it. Uh, that, uh, that would be something you'd like to do, this is an opportunity to do that. Just make out your check to RLC if you'd like and put in uh, that it's for missions. Now, the other thing that I wanted to mention is that um, Easter lilies, we have a sign up going on now for Easter lilies, they're $9.50 each. As you know, we've done uh, many interesting, spectacular things with lilies during Easter here. Uh, a lot of decorations have gone on over the years, and it's a tradition, so we want a lot of lilies. Uh, and we come in and we smell that fragrance and remind us of why we're here. Uh, also, there's another change in your bulletin. We didn't catch it in time, but it has to do with Good Friday. You'll see a section here for Monday, Thursday and Good Friday in the insert. Uh, um, April 6th is Maundy Thursday. That'll be a soup supper at four o'clock and it'll be in the Fellowship Hall. The soup will be served. You don't even have to bring it. All you have to do is bring your appetite. On Friday, we were gonna have a good Friday service at noon, but in taking a a poll, uh, there were more people that would be more interested in coming if it was a little bit later so we agreed to go ahead and change that from noon to 5 p.m. so make that change in your calendar hopefully you use a pencil uh, or maybe use it electronically anyway those are the major um, things that I'd like to that I pointed out to you and I have nothing more to say unless I'm asked thank you thank you Ed And our opening hymn is
0: uh, All Creatures of Our God and King on page 527. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Mighty God, by your great goodness, mercifully look upon your people, that we may be governed and preserved evermore in body and soul, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
2: Good morning. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, verses 1 through 14, and can be found on page 1345 in the Pew Bible. Uh, this vision of Ezekiel the prophet illustrates the promise of a new life for the captive Jews in Babylon. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophecy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, and make flesh come upon you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and just as I was prophesying, there was a noise a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Uh, I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophecy to the breath, prophecy, son of man. Say to it, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come, breathe from the four winds, and breathe into these into the slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he had commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord, when I open up your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that the Lord has spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord." We'll read Psalm 130 responsibly, which is printed on the bulletin on page six this psalm, the theme is that God will surely forgive us if we confess our sins to Him. Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord my whole life being waits, and in his his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchman waiting for the morning, more than the watchman waiting for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. The next reading is taken from the book of Romans, chapter eight, verses one through 11, and can be found on page 1756 in the Pew Bible. This chapter's title is Life Through the Spirit. Romans eight, one through 11. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit The Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because his Spirit who lives in you. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God.
0: I need a Bible. Thank you. It's stump the pastor day. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I'm good. I'm good. Yep. So our um, gospel this morning is um, from St. John, chapter 11, verses 1 through 53. Glory to you, O Lord. It's uh, titled The Death of Lazarus, and it's found on page 1668 of your Pew Bible. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick, and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Martha. And this Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet he, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back there. And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by his world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. And after he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go down to him. When Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. And on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know. He will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. And when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. And now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God. So they took away the stone, and then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, put their faith in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man, performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this... Everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. And then one of them named Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, spoke up and he said, you know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than the whole nation perish. He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation, and not only for the nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I uh, a little bit discombobulated this morning. I left this here, and the account of Lazarus, <clears throat> I think, is one of my most favorite. Uh, I have many favorites in in Scripture, but that one really has, is so rich. So many points to be gleaned from and to, to speak of. And so let's get to it. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. There once, uh, there once was a con man, a con artist, if you will, who had just about convinced people that he communicated with the supernatural. He told them stories about far-off kings and ancient peoples. He even knew what Cleopatra was wearing when she allowed that viper to bite her. He knew secrets about the pyramids and Alexander the Great— And as to current events, he could tell you what the king and queen of England, well, he could tell you that they were playing croquet at that very moment. This man seemed to know everything about everyone at every time. Then there was a man A man who was wiser than most and he asked this great prophet to tell him what he had eaten for breakfast. And suddenly this man who could wax eloquent about the activities of the pharaohs and the crown heads of Europe was strangely quiet. You see As long as no one was able to check the facts this man could say anything. He could make it up as he went along and as long as he spoke with confidence, a large part of the population, they believed him. And as soon as someone tested this character's credibility with known facts, well, He had to soon leave town, and this illustration is important. It illustrates an important part of determining the truth of a story, any story. The rules for developing a myth require a significant time, a significant amount of time between what events happened, and then when the story of the myth comes to you. And that way, all the eyewitnesses and their children are dead. It also helps for the myth to happen in a faraway land, because that makes it even more difficult to check out the facts. Now, the gospel account... Of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, well, it violates these rules of myth making. You see, John wrote as an eyewitness. And if John was still alive, then the other eyewitnesses were alive as well. John also located the event about two miles from Jerusalem, which was a pretty important city of the day, right? I mean, no. Everyone knew about Jerusalem. And he states that many people came out of Jerusalem to mourn. Now his critics could easily have proved him wrong by questioning these eyewitnesses. And the truth is that we have no record of anyone saying something like, hey, I was there and here's what really happened. At the time John wrote his gospel, there were still people around who had seen the life of Jesus. People who could easily have contradicted John if he had gotten the facts wrong. There is not a record of any eyewitness who had any disputes with John's account. Now, John's account is a historical Narrative, not mythology, not a story, as I slip into every once in a while. The Bible is not stories. It's a historical account. And this is important because a resurrection from the dead is very rare. There are just a few resurrections in the Old Testament And the gospel accounts only tell us of three resurrections before Jesus himself died on the cross and rose from the dead. Three. Thus, it is important that we have good, solid documentation of this event. We need to know that this was a real event that happened in a real time And in a real place. The Holy Spirit inspired John to make it very clear that Lazarus was dead. Jesus told the disciples plainly, Lazarus is dead. John himself records, when Jesus came he found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb for four days. And when Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And some of the Jews said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days." And the Holy Spirit inspired John to make sure that there was no way that anyone could say that Lazarus was just mostly dead, sleeping. If there would have been a coroner available at the time, he would have said something like this, As coroner, I must affirm, I thoroughly examined him, and he's not only merely dead— he is most sincerely dead there was no chance whatsoever that lazarus could have revived under his own power lazarus was dead and lazarus was decaying now the other thing that we notice is in this account is the disappointment The disappointment both Martha and Mary said Lord if you had been there been here my brother would not have died. The other mourners remind us of last week's gospel as they asked could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying. There is a spark of faith that we hear here. They all believe that Jesus could could have averted death. They may even have believed that if Jesus had arrived shortly after death, that he could have done something, as he did with the daughter of Jairus, one resurrection, the widow's son of Nain, two. But the four days is four days. And after four days, the decay has set in. Could Jesus still do something after four days? Today's gospel seems to indicate that everyone thought that Lazarus was beyond even what Jesus and his substantial power could do. This limited faith is disappointed that Jesus had not come sooner, because now there was just no hope. And the Holy Spirit has used John's word to bring us, you and me, into the story. We too, all of us, have lost loved ones. We too know the grief that death brings as it parts us from the company of those who we love so much. The teaching that Jesus had for Martha is also for us. I am. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never Die. And this is the main teaching of the gospel for this day. This is the teaching for Mary, Martha, those who mourned, and for us that are gathered here today. Jesus taught these words and then he demonstrated them. Jesus made his way to the tomb. And he had them remove the stone from the entrance. And then he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died, he came out. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord even over death. And death is an ever-present reminder of sin. And as the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write this in Romans 6, verse 23, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And even as Jesus demonstrated his power over death, he also demonstrated the means by which he would conquer sin himself. Sadly, Unbelievably, almost, but there were those who rejected the teachings of Jesus. Imagine how stubborn does someone have to be in order to be angry and frustrated over the fact that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. We saw that attitude last week when Jesus healed the blind man. Some people are so stubborn that they reject the gifts of Jesus, even though Jesus gave sight to the blind and raised people from the dead. Today's gospel, it ends as the Pharisees call a meeting to the council. And in this council, they decide that Jesus must die. And a little later on in the gospel, according to John, they also decide that they must put even Lazarus to death. It is their intention to get rid of Jesus once and for all. But little do they know that this is all according to the plan, a plan that is much greater than theirs. And it was not long after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead that Jesus himself experienced death. The plans of the council, council, they came together with the help of Judas and they were able to capture Jesus. They subjected Jesus to an illegal trial. then they took him to Pontius Pilate and applied political pressure to Pilate until he agreed to put Jesus to death. And it was not long after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead that Jesus allowed a Roman execution squad to nail him to the cross. And there he would endure not only the physical pain of the cross, but also the eternal pain of our sin. He would endure a punishment that we cannot even understand as he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? No mere human can even understand what it means that God the Father forsook God the Son. All we can know is that it is very, very bad for Jesus and very, very good for us. It is bad for Jesus in that he suffered all the punishment of eternity in hell. And it is good for us that we can now look forward to the eternal joy of God in his presence with us and our presence with him. Now three days after Jesus died on the cross, he once again demonstrated that he is Lord over death, that he rose from the dead, and that resurrection assures us that our death is not the end. Listen. Whether we are dead for four days, four years, or four thousand years, Jesus will raise us from the dead. There is one great difference between the resurrection in today's gospel and the resurrection of the last day. That is this, that Lazarus is no longer with us. He had to die again. And when Jesus calls our bodies back to life on the last day, we shall never die again. And on that day, all people shall rise with eternal bodies. And on that day, those who reject the gifts of Jesus will rise to an eternity of punishment and those who have the Holy Spirit's gift of faith will rise to live with Christ in eternal joy near the beginning of today's gospel the Holy Spirit inspired John to record a strange behavior on the part of Jesus we read that now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer. Two days longer in the place that he was. Now, under ordinary circumstances, a beloved friend, boy, a beloved friend would come to the aid inside of a suffering friend as soon as possible, right? Right? The gospel account states just the opposite. Jesus waited because he loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And it is not until Jesus called Lazarus back from the dead that this makes any sense. When Jesus arrived on the scene, Mary and Martha's faith was theoretical. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And so if Jesus would have arrived and healed Lazarus before he died, her faith would have stayed exactly that way. And after the events of this day, she had a constant, concrete reminder of the great lesson in today's gospel— The resurrection of Lazarus demonstrates the words of Christ, and those words are, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And because Jesus loved Martha... Because Jesus loved her sister and he loved Lazarus, he gave them this teaching. And this teaching, this teaching is also for us. And it gives us confidence in times of life that are very tough. And it gives us very real comfort in times of death. In the name of Jesus, amen. No. Mm-hmm. If you're able, let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Nicene Creed found on page three of your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son our God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, and for us and for our salvation he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate with the Virgin Mary, and was made friend. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He descended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He is spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
3: for the whole Church of God and for all people according to their needs. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus to pray, to praise, and to thank you for your provision and your loving care, your forgiveness and your faithfulness. Jesus, I pray that you would be with each person here and that we would feel your loving presence. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless us and strengthen us to do all that you have called us to do. May all that we do, say, and think bring you glory and honor. Father, I pray that you would revive our faith. I pray that the desires of our hearts would be to be in a relationship with you, to obey you. Father, help us to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit so that we do your will and not our own. Help us be a light in this dark world. Help us to have compassion for one another. To clothe ourselves with humility. To be tender-hearted and loving like you are. Help us not return evil for evil, but instead to seek peace. Let our minds be fixed on you at all times. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would be with and watch over, have mercy upon all who are sick, those in pain, those who draw near to death, those who are alone, widows and widowers. We ask for your healing to touch their lives. And even if healing does not happen the way that we hope, If we don't get our way here on earth, we still trust you. You are our God, and we surrender our lives to you. Lord, we want to lift up those who struggle financially, those who are homeless, cold, hungry. And we ask that you provide hope, shelter, and jobs to those who are lost and displaced. Father, we lift up those who struggle with addictions, with fear, those who are abused, and ask that you would intervene by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray that you would grant all world leaders your wisdom. Lord, we lift up our unsaved loved ones to you and ask that you would send Christians across their paths that they would listen to so that they would know your saving grace. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would protect the sanctity of marriage the way you created it to be. Get rid of the enemy's scheme to distort your image. We pray that you would protect the lives of babies in the womb and children who are being taught things contrary to your word and truth. Father, we lift up all who mourn the loss of their loved ones and ask for your unfailing love to comfort us. Jesus, you told us to cast our anxieties and burdens onto you because you care for us. Help us remember that you are faithful and that you are always with us. We pray that you would expose the lies of the enemy as he attacks us, that none of us would be deceived. Let the power of your truth be more real to us than what the world says. We pray, Lord, that you would cast out fear, anxiety, hopelessness, anger, and replace it with your peace that transcends all understanding. Help us appreciate and be grateful for each day that you have given us, and not take for granted any of your blessings. Heavenly Father, we lift up Pastor Ken and his family, our church council members, the Reamers, the Fries, the Schaefers, the Bices, the Liebirds, and the Becks, and all who worship here and serve your church. We thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Danny. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Oh. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us Or ever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The sacrament of the altar is for all the children of God who believe and confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, those who believe that they have truly been rescued from sin, death, and the devil, not by their own works, but by the work that Christ perfectly worked on the cross. If this is your belief, then come. The table is prepared The ushers will bring you forward. Christ's body, the church, is made up of many parts. And I am grateful for the many parts that are here today and that are here during the week for their love, their prayer, for their service. Thank you. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.